Thank you for listening to our show on the Shepherd, I mean, sorry, the Embellus Talk Network last week. We're very thrilled. This week, it's me and Trish to start. Uh, Misha is running a little late, but you are listening to Conspiracy Chicks here on the Embellus Talk Network. And I'm here with Trish. And we're going to talk about, uh, the subject for tonight is dreams versus lucid dreams versus astral traveling. But first, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some news items, some things out in the news. And today, I stumbled upon this, this news item of Amber Heard. So you thought... You heard the last. You heard the last of Amber Heard. There is this really interesting blog called House Inhabit, and the person who runs it, her name is Jessica Jessica Reed Kraus, and apparently she's kind of on the inside. She knows a lot of people, and she she blogged this kind of scandalous thing because like her her inner circles apparently are people who are in the know. So it's a little shocking. And I was actually reading her Instagram as well. And she lost some sponsorships and things. So she has almost a million followers. Um, and we don't have a web, uh, like our own personal website yet or <laughs> Twitter or anything like that. So maybe we need to set that up. Trish, so like we can post these links so people know what we're talking about. But the blog is called Depp versus Heard, and it's basically talking about 
all these like notorious scandalous things that Amber Heard was into when she was dating Elon Musk, believe it or not. So, I mean, what do you think of this, Trish? She's absolutely nuts. Well, yeah, I definitely found it odd that Amber Heard was even dating Elon Musk because I just don't see them as a couple. You know, they're both strange characters, but I just don't see them together. And I also, I'm sure Johnny Depp probably knew about it. I'm sure they all know about what each other does, you know, in in those realms. But still, I have to wonder how much of all that he knew. Because I don't think they were having parties like that. Well, maybe we should tell the listeners what the article's about so they know what I'm responding to, like what the article said about Amber. Yeah, so apparently she kind of started out as a high-end prostitute and not so like first I want to disclose that this show is for entertainment purposes and everything that you hear here is just a um is just a conversation um so we do as much research as possible to bring this to you so these are not our you know necessarily our um what do you call it opinions or whatever these are based on things that we find on the internet, <laughs> but um, this isn't. An, yeah, it's not a news show, so um, we're not we're not pretending to be a news show. So anyway, in this blog, so this person had an insight on Amber Heard, and what she heard, pardon the pun, pun is that. She start she started off kind of as a high high class prostitute in Hollywood, which a lot of women who are trying to break in, they actually do that. They they start you know, they, they do a lot of sex work apparently. But she was also what was shocking is that she was also a fixer. And I guess what that means is she would recruit other women and this article also alleges that a lot that some minors may have been involved again we're not saying that this is true um, we're just i'm just telling you what the article says um but there was a girl or a woman that she recruited and the woman i, I don't think that's her real name uh, Gia so this woman um met Amber Heard and Amber Heard kind of seduced her. So in the blog, it said that Amber Heard is was she had such a magnetic personality, and there was something about her that people just couldn't say no to her. She so she was um, favored in these circles because she was able to get these women. And according again, according to this blog. She drugged this girl, and then she kind of convinced her to, I don't know if they were, like, dating. It is kind of a weird relationship. But um, Amber kind of made this woman go to, like, like all these orgies, and and it's just, just these weird sex parties and clubs. And um, through all of this, she started dating, Amber started dating Elon Musk. 
And so from what I gathered from the article, they were kind of um, a threesome, you know, like they were, the three of them were in a relationship. But then it got really ugly for the girl. And, you know, because she, she, um, she saw the dark side of Amber. Amber apparently was a very jealous, vindictive person. She did a lot of, like, terrible stuff. So the girl didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And um, it's just, I think, like, it's just a reflection on the, the dark side of Hollywood and what goes on. And I know it's all a distraction. Like the the Johnny Depp trial, I think, was a distraction. But I also think, I think it, it brings to light just the dark side of of Hollywood that people know is there it's there but they don't really know it's there and i don't know like um what do you think trish um yeah people well, sorry, go ahead oh no go ahead well people i don't think people want to they don't want to see these people that they've adored in hollywood and movies and you know in some cases they even worship to some degree like some of these Hollywood stars and a lot of the stuff that's coming out now, they don't want, they just don't want to, you know, there's musicians that, that I, you know, grew up loving and I, I, I'm having a hard time accepting that they were part of this darkness that's always been there. And, and unfortunately if they were a name that was well known, if they were a star, then they're part of it. And at the very least, they're turning the other eye and they know that this stuff is happening and they're doing nothing about it. And, you know, and Amber, she might've had some kind of magnetic force over some of these young females, but she certainly didn't have it in the trial because it didn't seem like anybody loved her at that trial. But, but yeah, I mean, and I don't even think this article is, it touches the dark side. I don't think it's nearly going into the really dark side, which involves children. Like, yeah, there was underage girls being recruited and, you know, probably the majority were underage is my guess. But then there's the, the rooms that they're not talking about that where there was little kids and stuff. And that is the truth about Hollywood and most of these parties, unfortunately. So, and, you know, people don't want to, that's a big red pill, I guess, that people really don't want to swallow sometimes when it comes to people that they've spent half their life worshiping and watching in movies and stuff. Well, yeah, and like I said, this woman, this blogger has almost a million followers, and she has sponsorships, and she's in those circles, and I think even as much as she's... Um, said in this article it's dangerous for her like I'm just like really gonna quickly tell you what happened to me so I was sick and so I spent most of the time just trolling Instagram and stuff so there was a variety article on Instagram that was posted about Kevin Spacey that oh no that he had to pay like 14 million dollars to somebody on the set of House of Cards and so I was looking, I posted a, um, what do you call it, a comment, and I just, it wasn't anything scandalous, really. I mean, 
maybe because we are who we are, we don't think it's a big deal. But I, I just simply said, yeah. And remember those, there were several people who were going to testify against him that suddenly like mysteriously died. And then I put that little thinking emoji and then, oh my God, people started attacking me. And one person wrote this whole thing about how those people, um, two of them killed themselves and one of them got hit by a car. So like stop spreading misinformation. And I was thinking, I'm not spreading misinformation. I'm just asking a question, you know, like why are these people like getting pissed off and defending Kevin Spacey? It's ludicrous to me. So when I see like this blog about um, Amber Heard, like I know it doesn't tell you explicitly what really goes on, but she's just dancing on something that, you know, we might go down rabbit holes and it, and it might make people question, start questioning these things. I think it's good because then people do think, oh, there's something, there's something to this, like, um, another thing I saw was um, you were talking earlier about David Bowie and, and Morrissey, and I was uh, I told you about the movie The Labyrinth, with which I think you should watch it because it has some stuff in it that you think, holy shit. But I was looking at Jennifer Conley, who she's the main character in The Labyrinth. I was looking at her Instagram post. Uh, her Instagram account, and there was, like, pictures of her from, a like, a Vogue shoot or something. And she was doing the thing with the eye, you know? You know, the thing that they do with the eye and all these, like, kind of Masonic things? And I was thinking, like, in this day and age, don't people know? Like, why do they keep doing that? People know what those things mean. They do it. Because, well, not everybody knows or wants to accept what it is. And, but they know that a lot of us do know, and I think it's a, a way of them mocking us. Because like, it seems like they, they get some kind of pleasure out of mocking the ones that do know. Because some of the stuff they do, it's so obvious. And they know, they know that we know, you know. So I think it's, it's a form of mocking us, mocking the creators. And I think they find some kind of pleasure in that. And I just want to get, touch back on the Amber Heard thing. The other thing I remember from that article was that it wasn't just, she wasn't just saying these things. There was photographs taken from a lot of these parties, and even some were posted in the article with Amber with, you know, look like young lesbians, or I don't know how to, you know, I don't know if they were minors or not, but but they were all in, like, risque, you know, positions and dressed real scantily and stuff like that. And then it said in the article that Amber made it a habit of taking photographs that all these, it said that her, her and Elon would have these parties where all these, where she would recruit all these young girls and they'd have them all dancing on a stage and stuff like that. And then it said in the article that Amber Heard would be taking photographs of people. And she was constantly taking photographs as if she, you know, Kind of like when I was watching the trial, I remember thinking, like, what was she recording Johnny Depp like 24 hours a day? It's like she had a recording. <laughs> there were like over every situation she had, she had a recording to offer to the judge. 
Do you remember that part of the article that she was taking photographs, like she was always taking photographs of all these high-end people at the parties, and they all had families and stuff, and the fact that she was, I forget, I just remember reading how she was taking photographs of all these people at the parties, and I don't know what she was planning to do with the photographs, but it just reminded me of how she, you know, it seemed like, I remember when I was watching the trial, thinking how she knew she was going to go after Johnny. Like, she was getting dirt on him. There was no other reason for her to be making those recordings all the time. Because he really wasn't... People in abusive relationships will... I did that when I was trying to get evidence. When I had to get a restraining order, like, I was trying to get evidence. So I know that there's a time and place for that, but I wouldn't be, like, taping every conversation. Like, she she seemed like she was constantly taping Johnny Depp. Like, at least that's how it seemed to me. And it kind of reminds me, and here at these parties, she was constantly taking photographs that said in that article. Yeah, it's, um, it's collateral, you know. And who knows, it might be, you know, we're looking at it from that point of view. It could be some kind of MK Ultra kind of thing as well, where she's a handler, you know, and she's ordered to, to take these photographs. Now, we're going to have Penny on, um, I'm not sure when, but she can tell us a little bit more about that kind of stuff as well. Because that could be true, like, Amber's just another pawn. Yeah, with, that's the thing with MK Ultra because, you know, one, people have these altars and the altars take orders and they'll do what they're you know, supposed to be doing, you know, like the different altars will follow orders and, you know, there's, there's sex kitten programming, which kind of sounds like what she was doing in a sense. And yeah, just like they can get somebody to go out and do a mass shooting under MK Ultra, like surely they could have somebody doing these things. So it's always something we have to consider with anybody in Hollywood. Yeah, it's like how much do you want to look at them as victims or perpetrators? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes. In a future show, we're going to talk about all that kind of Hollywood, Holly weird stuff. But today, um, we wanted to talk about something interesting. The three of us have had experiences with this. And we may also do a future show as well because um, Misha isn't able to be with us right now. Just to continue the conversation, what we wanted to talk about today is dreams, lucid dreams, and out-of-body experiences. Like, first of all, Trish, since you you kind of have the knowledge in this, can you tell our listeners, like, what the differences are between kind of, like, what's a dream versus a lucid dream versus a out-of-body experience? When I have um, dreams, I always consider, if I have a dream, I consider that staying in your body. And, and usually, most people can relate to this. When you have a dream, you know, you can kind of, when you wake up, if you remember it, you can kind of like think about the dream. And sometimes you can think about, well, I know why I dreamed I had that dream. Because if something was on your mind, like, you know, if something's, you're worried about something, you might have a dream about that or if you leave the TV on, you might have a dream, and in the dream, you're interacting with the characters that, that are on the TV show that's playing in the background. 
Like, I can always, like, look back at my dreams and kind of figure out why I maybe had them, usually. But when, when I'm out of body, I'm completely aware that I'm, I'm aware that my body's in bed and I'm out of body and I feel just as awake as I do when I'm in my body. Like, like, I don't feel like I'm asleep in a dream. I feel like awake and I'm completely aware of everything that's happening. And the lucid dreaming is having that awareness personally. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not an expert on lucid dreaming, but I kind of believe myself that if you're lucid, then you're probably out of body. Because when you're out of body, you're conscious. You know, you're, still, you're conscious and you're aware, just like you are when you're awake. Things are different and they're weird, but you're aware. You know, you, you're not in a dream state where, like, you know, when you're in a dream state, you, you, you're in that dream, you think that dream is what's happening. You don't know the difference. You don't know that you're sleeping in bed. You know, you're completely into the dream. Then when you wake up, you, you, will not, you realize it was a dream. But when you're out of body, you know, okay, my body's in bed, where am I, you know, what's going on? Like, for me, I, I try to explore when I can. I get attacked a lot. I end up in crazy places. But I'm always, like, aware that, of what's happening. But, you know, you've had lucid dreams. Do you consider them dreams, or do you think you're out of body when you have them? It, it depends, because sometimes when I'm having a, a lucid dream, it depends on like the intensity of it because there is kind of a low grade kind of lucid dreaming where you, where you know you're dreaming and you can kind of manipulate your dream. But then, especially like if, if I'm eating good and I'm drinking a lot of water and my pineal gland, I guess, is like, is like really open, then I'll have kind of a deeper lucid dream where it does yeah it does feel like I'm I am out of my body traveling somewhere else different realms and I get visits from people and I get sometimes like I'll go to a place and it'll seem very familiar to me like I've been here before I've lived here before and I know like I know I'm not I don't know. I know it's, it's like I know I'm not dreaming that I, I am in a place. And I'll walk around looking for like guides and messengers and start asking people. And they're usually people. They're usually men, which I think is weird. And I'll ask them, like, are you a guide? And then I'll ask them. I'll start asking them questions. So, yeah, I think it's just like different different levels for me. But how about you? How do you know that you're out of your body? Well, it's funny because I, I ask questions too. I just I think that's funny because you're the only other person that I've heard say it. Because I always try to figure out where I'm at, and and I see people, which confuses me because I end up in other realms, and I can tell it's not the realm that my body's in, you know, my physical body's in, but there's people there. One time I asked a, a lady that was walking by. I said, "Is this the fourth dimension?" And she gave me this really, like, complex scientific answer. Like, it was so complex I couldn't even understand it. It was clearly I was in a different dimension, and she was trying to explain it to me. So, so there are people in, uh, outside of this dimension, which is, you know, kind of odd. And, and there's alternate timelines that you can end up in. And, and that's happened to me where I um, end up, and I can tell that, like, I have the memory, I know that my body's in bed, 
But when I end up in these realms, I take on the memory of the me in that timeline. I think I'm just kind of accidentally ending up in the body because when you're out of body, you can end up, you know, if there's another version of you, you can accidentally end up in that version and you can end up in an alternate timeline. And when it's happened to me a few times, and when it does, I take on the memories of that timeline as well. And I'll notice that things are, you know, that like people that are maybe aren't alive here are alive in this other timeline. I know people there that I don't know here, but I'm aware of both both timelines in that situation. It's really interesting when it happens. So, yeah, we can end up in all sorts of places. And, you know, I've ended up in realms where there's beings that all, they're not, they don't look human, but they all look similar. Like you could tell wherever this place is, that's how the people look there. Yeah, it's interesting. But, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, at times I've felt like I'm just never sleeping. <laughs> Like, when it's happening to me a lot, I feel like I'm just awake all the time. Like, I go to sleep, but I'm really just waking up somewhere else and staying awake. So it's kind of like living in two different worlds sometimes. I know you asked a question at the beginning. Like, you asked me a question, and I think I got sidetracked. Oh, no, I just asked you, like, how do you know when you're actually out of your body as opposed to just having, a like, a heavy, lucid dream? Well, you know, when people first start experiencing leaving their body like for me it was happening to me as a child at the time I didn't know what it was like now I know because I know what it feels like but when I was a child I kept feeling like when you leave your body your energy body vibrates at a higher frequency than your physical body so when your energy body like starts to leave it's leaving like slowly the two kind of clank together because they're at different frequencies and that's what causes the vibration. Like you often hear people talk about when they're leaving their body, they'll feel this like vibration, sometimes even like a ringing in their ears. And that's because of the, the two different bodies clanking together. And so that's one way you can know because you can actually feel it happen. Another thing is, you know, sometimes people will actually see their body. Like, like I can only say what happened to me personally. Like when I was a kid, I didn't know what was happening. I just knew I was afraid of it. I don't even know if I was doing it because they can pull you out of your body. And I kind of suspect, because I know that's when things started happening for me was as a child. All I, where my memory, you know, I don't have my early childhood memories, but where they start, I was afraid to go to sleep. And whenever I would feel that vibration start, I would stay up. Like I, would, I associated it with pain for some reason. I don't know why. I don't remember why. I just know that I was afraid whenever I would feel it start to happen and I would try to stay up or I would go in my parents' room. Um, but, but yeah, so then but if, if, you, if you start, if it happens to you enough, some people will develop the ability to just teleport. And, and that's what happens to me now. Like, I don't feel that vibration. I literally, it's like an instant, I'll just end up someplace else. I'll go lay down. Close my eyes to go to sleep, and I and I'm just waking up somewhere else, and and I can tell that I'm just appearing in some of these places because you can see the beings look startled at times. Like I'll just I'll literally just be waking up somewhere else. Like what, sometimes I'm just like waking up on the ground in some other place, and when I stand up, I can tell that I'm like like every there's people there, beings there that are looking at me. Like where did she come from? <laughs> So it's really strange, but you know, but I'm, but 
I don't know. Like I'm, I feel like I'm awake. So to me, that's the difference. Like when I'm out of body, I feel just as awake as I do when I'm in my body. I'm completely aware. And when you're in a dream state, you don't have that awareness. So these beings, are they people or do they look different? Do they look like non-human entities? Sometimes I see people and sometimes I see non-human um, like one realm I ended up, they all looked, I, they look, I, it's hard to even describe. They didn't look human, but they were humanoid, but they all look similar. And they all were leaving me alone. Like it was, at first it was like pretty cool. I, I just ended up in this room and there was a bunch of these beings and, and I could see that they saw me and they were looking at me <laughs> trying to figure out where I came from. Like I could tell by the expression, on, but they weren't like, you know, they didn't get mean or anything. And then all of a sudden a female came into the room, I guess, I think they were all males initially, and this female walked in, and she looked at me, and then all of a sudden, she just full on, just went after me, and started, I saw, all of a sudden, I was in a fight, and this is, happens to me a lot, sometimes, I just get attacked, in this situation, I got attacked, you know, and demons will attack you, when you're out of body, like, they, you know, they see you, and you become prey to them, and not, it, it, that's more in, like, the lower realms, you deal with the negative entities. And, I, and I'm an empath, and I think that's part of it, because as an empath, I can sense them, and they don't really like to be seen. So I think the minute they realize I can see them, that is often what prompts an attack. So I've had to deal with fighting a lot in the astral. And not everybody that I talk to has that experience, but for me, it's, you know, but I've learned a lot of skills from all the attacks. Like the more that I got attacked, I started developing skills at a necessity. And what I've realized is when we are out of body, when we're in our energy body, we can access all these abilities that we have like in our natural state. We can access the teleportation and the telekinesis. And, you know, I can move things with my mind. When I fight these demons, I can use my mind to fight them. Like, but you have to know to try these things. And a lot of people don't even realize they can do all these things. But when you start to get attacked like, on a regular basis, you kind of start to develop these skills out of necessity. Yeah, I haven't tried that. But what I do like is the flying. Because I think that is, it's so, it's like amazing and liberating. That's one way that I know that I'm no longer in my body because I'm like, I mean, for lack of a better word, I guess, it's like you're flying. Um, at least, like, that happens to me. I could just glide through, and then some of um, some of the experiences I've had have been through, like, going into complete darkness. But it's not, it, I'm not afraid. I know it's like, it's like the universe, but it's, it's dark. It's just another, it, it's like a holding place or something. And, and it, I can't see anything, obviously, because it's dark, but I can feel an energy that's like love and happiness, so I'm not afraid. And it's almost like I'm in a cocoon. Now, I did want to ask you one thing, because when you were talking, it, it made me think of a question. Can you ever control where you go? So could you go to the dark side of the moon if you wanted to, to see what, what's really there? That's one thing I, I'm trying, you know, it's something that I'm, I want to be able to control, but I, I don't seem to be able to control. There's been a few times where, where I, I was someplace and like one of my cats woke me up and I wanted to go back. And there was a few times, I don't know how I did it, 
I just kind of thought about it, that place, when I went back to sleep and I ended up back in the same place. But it, it's not something like I can seem to do at will on a regular basis. I wish I could. Because, I, I mean, one time I did just, like, try to shoot up to the sky because I was thinking I want to see if the earth, like, you know, the whole, is the earth round or flat? I was thinking if I can go up high enough, I can look and see what it looks like myself. And I tried shooting straight up, but I never, I didn't see, I didn't see a globe or I didn't see the earth. So I don't know where I ended up because I, I really don't know where I was going. I was trying to shoot straight up so I could look down, but I didn't see anything that, you know, I don't have anything to report on what the shape of the earth is. So yeah, it's, it's, it's something you have to, like the flying. So, well, let me answer that first question is no, I can't control really. There's been a few times I can, but what I can control is and this I develop over time, I can jump back to my body when I need to. And it was something that started, and it's, a, and it's a, an ability, and it started manifesting itself when I thought I was going to, like in situations where I thought I was going to get killed, like some of these demons, I went through this period where I was getting viciously attacked. Every time I went to sleep, it was like five times, three to five times a week it would happen. It started happening just when I would think I was going to, my life is, in danger because when you get attacked like some of these attacks in the astral you know there's been times where a demon's like punching me in the face and I can feel it so all uh, at the, when it's happening all I can think of is my physical body's getting affected because I can feel this fist upon my face and and then all of a sudden I don't know where I'd be end up back in my body but I wasn't controlling it it just seemed like every time I felt my life was threatened boom I'd be back in my body and then I got to a point where I could, and it was like, it's kind of like sometimes you see like abilities will manifest in people and they feel like their life is threatened. Or you see a mother be able to lift a car off of a child in that moment, like that ability manifests itself, superhuman strength because of her fear of losing the child. So it was kind of like that. And, but now I can control it. So there'll be situations like where I'll be just exploring in a realm and I'll, I'll notice, I'll see somebody, and I'll, once I look at it, the demons will pose as humans a lot. And I look, like, I'll just tell you one story. I looked across, and I saw this, what looked like a human male, but when I looked into his eyes, I knew immediately it wasn't. And as soon as I looked at him, he knew I knew, and I knew he knew, and, that, and it was like game on. And he started coming at me, and I just wasn't in the mood to fight. So I was just like, not this time, and boom, I was able to just jump back to my body. And that was the first, that, that's the time it first happened to me. It was like such a liberating feeling to be able to control, like when I want to leave and just go back to my body. But I'm, I'm, I practice, like I want to be able to control where I go. So that's, and flying is part of that because flying is something that, and a lot of people don't know that they can do that. You have to try and, and you can. And when you fly, it's so cool because you can literally feel the wind in your face and, you can feel as if you're flying through the air. At least I can. Like I don't know if you can feel like the wind against your face and all when you're flying. It's weird because you're in, you're out of your physical body, but you can feel physical things. It seems like, and and flying is a whole thing you have to practice too. But at first, I had no control over it, and I would just like fly all over the place, like, and I couldn't control the speed, and you know I like be flying around my house and through walls with, with no control or down the street. I remember one time I ended up in a parking lot, like the, you know, the shopping center down the street. I was in the parking lot 
and I had no control over any of it. So it's something you have to practice, and the more you practice, you get really good at it, and, and it's fun. Like you said, it's like one of the funnest parts about being out of body is that you can fly. Yeah, I remember a couple of months ago, I had a really interesting experience. I was flying and then I'm like, to, to test it, to say, am I in a dream or am I out of my body? So to prove it, I kind of flew down to this place that was like a lake, but it had a little kind of sandy beach area. And I ran my hand through the sand just to feel it. And I was like, shocked because I'm like, I can feel the sand and you can't, you can't really do that in dreams. I've never done that in a dream. And I was thinking, oh my God, I can actually feel it. And then I, I went back up and I went to this like little village place. I didn't, it, it wasn't a place I'd been before, but I knew like, oh, this is interesting. So I flew down and there were people walking around and I went up to a man and I said, <clears throat> and I asked him if he was a guide and he said, yes. And I asked him, I was like, well, good. Is everything going to be okay? You know, because that's the question I've been asking them lately. Are we going to be good? You know, and they know what I'm talking about. And he just kind of looked at me and he's just like said, well, you're, you're there for a reason. Just don't worry about it. Keep, keep doing what you're doing kind of thing. You know, like he didn't give me a straight answer. And that scared me even more, I think, because it's like, oh God, he's just... He's trying not to scare me, but he's giving, trying to give me a little bit of hope. Um, so sometimes you ask these people questions and they don't give you the answers that you want to hear. Does that happen to you? Yeah, it does seem to, to be hard to get direct answers from people because I do ask a lot of questions too. A lot of times they just ignore me or there was like recently I, I ended up in this place and there was two females there and and it's weird because like I've been, you know, trying to figure out like exactly like what has been happening to me with MK Ultra and what you know, why I don't have my memories as a child and trying to figure out all that kind of stuff. And I walked up to this lady and I said, Can you tell me where I am? And she said, Emerald City. And then the other female goes, You're not supposed to she's not supposed to know that right now. And then the other lady, like, they both got upset, like, oh, we weren't supposed to tell you that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, I felt somebody grab me. Instead of me going back to my body, somebody grabbed me, and I was taken back. And it, it was gentle. It wasn't, like, harsh. Like, demons will be harsh, but I've been grabbed by demons. This was gentle. Somebody grabbed me, and they placed me back in my body. Like, you're not supposed to be there, <laughs> basically, is what I felt like they were telling me. But when I woke up, all I could think of was here I've been trying to figure out what kind of programming I've had, like when I, you know, being used in the projects and all, and, and they're telling me Emerald City. And of course, sure enough, there's Wizard of Oz programming. So I think it was kind of like I was getting a little piece of the puzzle. So maybe sometimes there are answers there, but we don't get full answers. I never seem to get full answers either. So I can definitely relate to that. Well, that's really interesting. Because that kind of leads up to the next thing I was thinking about. Because you were saying, like, you can't control where you go. Maybe we can talk about some of these programs that the government does. I know there's a name for it, right? It's, what is it, project? What is the project name for for what they do when they uh, make people do the remote stuff? Uh, well, there's 
there's a lot of projects. It's not like one name. I don't even know all the names. There's there's like Project Mannequin, Project Ibis, Project. Uh, there's so many different projects. Like, and so different people based on like their age and when they were taken, and what their abilities are. You know, they're taken for different reasons. And a lot of people ask me, what do they look for when they're looking for people for these projects? And it depends on what the project is, but. For psychic abilities, like they tend to look for, at least this is what I've heard from other people, is that they look for people with a Native American or Celtic background for certain psychic abilities. And, you know, so different bloodlines are associated with different abilities. And the other thing I was told, which is probably has a lot to do with, because I know I was leaving my body a lot as a child, somebody that also was using the project who had a, a sense of memory of everything told me that they look for that. Like if they have the technology to see outside of our dimension. So they can see when people leave their body and they look for children that are doing it at a young age. And if they, if they see a child that's doing that, they know that they can leave that child because they, they're, you know, they already have one of the abilities they're looking for. So, and I know that, you know, I know from my experiences that that definitely was, I was leaving my body all the time. So, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or, and I do have a Celtic background. There's different, you know, so there is different projects and stuff, but being able to astral travel is a big deal for them. You know, it, they can use you in many different ways and they know that they can do the consciousness transfer on you easily, which is one of the things they do. They, you know, they take you as a child and they do a bunch of stuff physically, but once they, once they've gotten all that damn pat, once they have the altars created and everything, they can take you throughout your life whenever they want. They can just pull you out of body, put you in a clone, bring up the altar they want, and use you. And, and then put you back, and your body has never left, the, your physical body never left the bed. You know, if the clone dies, you're still alive in bed. And, um, and the altars, one altar doesn't know what the other altar, they, they don't share memories. So that the, the front altar, you'll wake up in bed and you'll just think maybe you might have, think you had a crazy dream or something, but you won't have any memory of, you know, what you did in this clone. Being able to leave your body is a big part of their projects and how they access people. And So, and there's a possibility as well that we don't know the names of these projects, you know, um, because we're not privy to that information. And like you said, a lot of this stuff is part of different projects because I guess like MK Ultra when they do that stuff like you were saying they test your abilities of um, if you can travel because the government wants to know what's going on in different realms I assume well they they can use you as a spy if you can you know if you're able to travel and go to different places and they, you know, they can do different, they know they can use you in certain ways. And they, and also they know they can easily pull you out of your body and put you in a clone, which a lot of the, there's a lot of different divisions when, when you are used in these projects. Um, there's a lot of different agencies that use people for different reasons. And a lot of them use clones. It's one of their main ways of doing it. And because they want to be able to pull you out of your body and put you into a clone. And if you can easily leave your body, they, they know that they can do that. And I mean, that's, you know, for me, that's what I fi- figured out what has been happening to me. And, you know, 
I'm still trying to piece together my, it's like putting a puzzle together. You get bits and pieces of memory. You know, when I have, I know when I'm being taken often, I can feel them. I can feel when it starts, when I get pulled, but then the memory from there is gone. When I end up back in my body, I might retain like a bit and pieces, but it's like hard to make sense of it, you know? So, and then you get flashbacks of things that, that probably happened when you're in clones. And the other interesting thing too is if you are in a clone and that clone gets killed, the memories revert back to the original person that they made the clone out of. So often I just get memories out of nowhere that make no sense where I'm like in a situation where I end up getting killed and I'm pretty sure that's probably a claim that's getting killed, you know. I do have a clip of something that I saw that I saw on Instagram recently, and it talked kind of it kind of connected that stuff about dreams, but it was talking about the awaken the quickening, and I think that's like in in Revelations or in the Bible. And I don't know, have you heard of a guy named Dr. Delbert Blair? Have you ever heard of that guy? No. Well, you know how sometimes... I don't know. Like, I haven't done the research on it, but but I saw this post on him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the clip. Um, It's just um, maybe a minute long, and um, you can tell me, like, your reaction to it if you agree or if it sounds too far-fetched. So let me play that clip. Hold on just one second. For close to five million years, the sons of God have degenerated on this planet. Their souls have come and gone in bodies, never opening up to what and who they really were, only from time to time getting a little light into what they potentially were supposed to be. Once they were not able to call on directly the universal cosmic creator, they had to then accept false gods and false teachings by mankind who was put upon the earth later on by others to keep this son of God in control. From greatness and grandeur, having the bloodline of the angels, they also had the higher frequency body potential of the angels. But now it was locked in an animal body and could only escape between the hours of 11 and 2 in the morning when the pineal gland could kick in for close to 5 and they could come out of these false bodies and become what they really were. That's why people who dream in black and white are on the verge of ascending. People who dream in color and remember the dreams and have dreams that come in threes are prophets. And as it moves up again, they can begin to awaken and come outside of your body, look down upon your body, and see that you are more than the body because you never were human. You were simply encased in human and locked in by the frequency barrier, and you didn't know who you were. Trapped on a planet who you didn't even come from, were only here for a lesson, the lesson has got to go on and on and on infinitum, or even the planet is getting tired of that now and is changing the frequency. What we are about the business now is awakening. As you watch the stars, you will see, and if some of you are very much into celestial mechanics, into astrology or astronomy, you will find that the constellations are not in the proximity that they were, and they could come out of these. Even back in 1975, they have been displaced. You will find that due to what is called the progression of the equinoxes, 
even the signs by which you think you were born under, no longer are the signs that rule you. They are not your natal ruling signs because they have now changed 30 degrees. Time and frequencies are speeding up. Some of you should have noticed that the days are flying by. The time seems to just slip by. That's for you who are matching vibrations. You become quickened, sometimes agitated, sometimes searching for what you don't even know you're searching for, but you know something is changing, while other soulless creatures say time is still the same. It is not the same. Time is frequencing upward. It's speeding up. You must also speed up, and to do so, you must awaken those glands that can cause your body to keep up with your soul. And it means you will be mutating. Don't become frightened of mutation. Sometimes if everybody mutates, nobody notices. So that's kind of interesting, especially what he said about that time between 11 and 2 o'clock. Like, what do you think of, of what he said about that? A lot to be said about looking at these bodies as if they're containing us because, cause we, I mean, they kind of are, like, these bodies have been genetically altered. To, to keep us from knowing who we are and to keep us from accessing, you know, what we're capable of doing. And then on top of genetically altering these bodies that we're in, they compound it with all the toxins that they're putting, you know, into the air and food and all of it to keep us from knowing who we really are, remembering who we really are. Because, you know, they are, they're, they're kind of like harvesting off of us, so they, they don't want us to have the knowledge of who we are. But I think what's happening now, what's been happening, and why you can see a desperation in the acts and everything, we are evolving into the next phase. And these containers that they, they have us in, you know, that they've been trying to keep us trapped in, and so, you know, remembering who we are, I think it's whatever, you know, it's not going to matter. I think we're going to continue to evolve and raise our frequency and we're not going to be able to stop it. And I think all the attempts that we're seeing with transhumanism and the altering of DNA, you know, it's kind of their way of trying to control our evolution. If they can control it, those people that they can control it and they can continue to control them. But those of us that don't allow them to do all this modification, naturally evolve in this space. So that's, you know, we are an evolving species, and I think, I think that might be what's happening right now. We are reaching another level. And the 11, that is interesting because it does seem to be a time period where a lot of activity happens um, to people. So maybe, you know, I've always heard the veil is thinner at that time. So it's thinner for entities to interact with you, and maybe it's thinner for us to interact with them, you know, Thing. But um, but I do see it, you know, now that I leave my body and it's like the one thing you learn is that death is an illusion because you're very much alive that side of your body. And like you said, you can feel the sand. That's something I've noticed too. Like I said, you can feel the wind and the flying. You can, I always try to feel things too. Like one of the first things I'll do when I end up someplace is see if I can feel something. You know, to try to confirm, okay, like you said, I'm confirming that I'm out of body. And it is interesting that you can feel things. So, I think I agree with a lot of what he said, said, if not all, that, you know, it's part of the control system, these bodies, because they have been genetically altered. Well, I think that's about all the time we have. Um, we had a few technical dif- difficulties, which I think is very strange considering that 
we uh trish and i had a whole like two hours of conversation and and it was absolutely perfect but then we start talking about this kind of stuff and we start having all kinds of crazy shit happen i mean like i mean we're getting kicked out and we're getting shut down (laughs) i don't know it was really weird but um thank you everyone for listening to conspiracy chicks here on the embellis talk network um, we really appreciate you guys listening to us. Hopefully soon we'll have a maybe a Twitter account or something so you so we can um, let you know what topics we're gonna talk about, any guests that we're gonna have. Um, but is there anything else, Trish, that you'd like to um, maybe close on? I definitely have a Twitter account. That way, if we're talking about certain articles like we were today, we can post them there. And people could also ask questions if they have questions or suggestions for upcoming shows. So, but for today, I think that should wrap, you know, that should be a wrap.